Good morning. It's good to see you this morning. We're excited to be in God's house. It's a privilege and an honor to be able to share with you today, to stand and fill this, uh, this pulpit, to fill this time, to be able to share God's Word with you this morning. We're going to take a look. If you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles over to Philippians chapter 2, we're going to take a look, looking at verse 5, and then we're going to kind of look around that verse and look at what, uh, look at what Paul is writing there to the church in Philippi. But one of, the, one of the things as you're turning there, I want to, you know, how many of us in here this morning would, would say that I want my life to glorify God? I think if, if, you're, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, and you understand the, the, what it means to be a follower of Christ, that Jesus Christ gave His life, He came to this earth as a baby, He, he lived a sinless life, He gave His life upon the cross of Calvary, he shed his blood for our forgiveness, for our payment, for the payment of, of our sins. We didn't deserve it. But he, for the payment of our sins, he died on the cross. And not that he just died on the cross, but on the third day, praise God, he rose from the grave. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. And today he sits beside the Father in glory. And He's interceding for us. Now think about that for just a minute. He's interceding for us. When we're praying and we have concerns that are going on in our life, God knows what's going on in every one of our lives. And there's Christ. God, Father, this is, this is Jeff, and I know he's messed up, but you've forgiven him. And he really needs a touch today. Think about that for a minute. How awesome is that? But see, if we understand that, then in our lives, guys, it, it, it draws me that I want to glorify Him. I want Him to be lifted up in me. It, not, not, not anything about me. I want Him. And I want to understand something. A lot of that has to do with my attitude. A lot of that has to do with my attitude. And we're going we're gonna to look at what does it mean to have a new attitude? What is, what is it that, that God desires for us? Let's look in Philippians chapter, chapter 2, uh, verse 1. We're going to start in verse 1 and we'll get to verse 5. It says, verse 1, it says, Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affliction and compassion... Make my joy complete by being, the same, being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Hang on to that right there. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interests of others. Now, we're going to look at two and three and four in just a second. Don't you think about verse one for just a minute. It sounds like those are conditional statements, doesn't it? It sounds like he's saying, if these things exist. And Paul, let me tell you something, Paul didn't question this, guys. We know as, as followers of Christ, as, study, as studying God's Word, we know these exist. There is encouragement in Christ. There is 
consolation of love. There is fellowship with the Spirit. There is affection and compassion. When you translate that if statement, it is not the conditional use of the word if. It can be translated as the word since. Since these are there. Since there is love. Since there is encouragement. Since there is fellowship with the Spirit. Since there is affection and compassion. Because these do exist, he said, make my joy complete by being of the same mind. Thinking the same way. Focusing on the the same goal. It says here, maintaining the same love. United in spirit, intent on one purpose. What's that purpose? This is where verse 3 and 4 come in. What is that purpose? Verse 3 says, do nothing out of selfish or empty conceit. But with humility of mind, regarding one another as more important than yourselves. You before me. Well, that's contrary to the world, isn't it? That's completely contrary to everything the world says. You before me. The world tells us, man, it's, it's me before anybody else, right? The world says, get what's yours. Whatever it takes to get it, get it. But, but God's throwing a whole paradigm in here. Paul's writing a, a whole different paradigm. He said, not of selfish conceit, love one another. Of humility, excuse me. Humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Verse 4 says, do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. You know what he's basically saying in those two passages, those two verses of Scripture? Be a servant. Be a servant. Serve others. Serve others. Take what God has given you, the blessings that God has given you, and bless others. Be willing to do whatever God says to change, to bless others, to make others' lives more important than your own. How do I do that? If that's what it takes to glorify God, if that's that's what I need to do to glorify God, and I want God glorified in my life, how do I do this? How do I go about it? How do I have the mind of Christ? What is it? What is the mind of Christ? Well, I'm glad you ask. Let's look at the next verses. Verse 5, it says, Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. Attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 6. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasp I want you to look at this verse again he said he existed in the form of God one thing that Jesus understood in his mindset was he knew who he was Jesus knew who he was he knew his identity he knew that he had come from the father he as he taught in scripture he and the father are one 
He was doing the bidding, the work of the Father. See, God understood, Jesus understood that. But what he did is he, when he came to this earth, knowing that identity, he stepped out of heaven, came to earth, and it says, the scripture says, he took on the form of mankind. Now, many people try to confuse this verse and say, well, that verse is telling me, that verse says that, that he wasn't God and he wasn't, and he wasn't go both fully God and fully man. Oh, contraire. Look at the word form. Form, he had, he was the form of God. He was God. He did not leave being God. He did not leave being the Godship of who he was. That's Christ. That's Jesus. But what he did is he took on the likeness of man. He took on the likeness of man. He knew who he was. He stepped out of heaven, but guys, he became like us. He felt the pains we feel. He felt the hurt we feel. You know, often you get kids asking the question, I wonder if Jesus ever got hungry. Well, he was man. Do you get hungry? He got hungry. Of course he did. Did he get thirsty? Yes, he got thirsty. Because he was like us. He took on our likeness. He knew his identity. Now, if Jesus knew his identity and we want to have the attitude like him, what are we supposed to do? Well, we need to know our identity. Who am I? Who am I in Christ? Look at this verse. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. It'll be on the, hopefully it'll be on the screen, maybe. Verse 2, chapter 9 and 10 of, of 1 Peter. But you are, cho- are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. This is Peter talking about us. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may, be, you may proclaim the excellences of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Were any of y'all like me and were always chosen last in school? Any of y'all like me? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm raising mine because, yep, that was me. I played basketball. I was chosen last. We played kickball. Jeff was chosen last. Till this day, Jeff still gets chosen last. But you know what? You may, they may choose me last. But I'll tell you what. That doesn't matter. Because Christ chose me. And Christ chose you. And you, and you, he chose you. He picked you to use you to bring him glory. Another part of this scripture that's so cool in chapter, in verse, in verse 10, it says, you were want, for once you were not a people. Guys, we were nothing. We were nothing. But now you are the people of God. Look at who we are. Look at who you are. The world can tell you you're nothing, that you can't do anything, you can't accomplish anything. Guys, God tells you you're His. You're special. You are special. Remember that. 
When the world tells you you can't because you're nothing, when you came from the wrong background, when you came, you don't have the ability, you don't have, you don't have the, the intelligence, you don't have the finance, you, don't, you can't do it, there's no way you can do it. Look at the world and say, but I'm God's, He can do anything. And if He wants to use me, He can use me to do whatever He wants me to do. You're special. Jesus knew his identity. That's where his attitude, that's where that mindset came from. Let's keep going. Verse 7. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. Look at that. The scripture says he emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant. You know what a bondservant is? A bondservant was the lowest of lows. In John chapter 13, you'll be familiar with this passage. In John chapter 13, it's, it's before going to the cross. And Jesus is gathered with his disciples in the upper room. I mean, they've gathered in the upper room. They're there taking Passover. And Jesus has fed, they fed the Passover. And they're sitting around the table. Jesus gets up takes a towel, he ties it around himself, he takes a basin or bowl of water, and he begins washing their feet. What's significant about that? That was the lowest of lowest of lowest servants' jobs. That was the lowest job. Why? Because their feet were nasty. They didn't walk around with, they didn't walk around with tennis shoes or boots or or anything like that. Guys, they walked around with sandals and it was dusty and it was muddy and it was nasty and their feet were nasty. And Jesus, Jesus emptied himself. He, he, took that, he took that basin and he dealt down by his disciples and he began to wash their feet. And he looked at them and he said, now you do likewise. What was he saying? He was saying, be a servant also. Jesus took on the form of a bondservant, the lowest of lows. Guys, there's a lot of people inside this church. You don't know their name. I don't know their names. But I know this. I know they exist. And I know they do jobs and they do things that make everything else work. And we don't even realize what they're doing. But they're serving. They're serving. They're, they're giving of the they, they've emptied themselves and they've given themselves what God has blessed them with in order to serve other people. I heard a story of one time there was a pastor and some deacons. They were standing outside their church and it was, it was a large church. And they were standing out in the foyer and they were talking. And this pastor was standing there, this deacon standing there, and they're all the chairman of the deacons. If you can say that, you won't say that. They're sitting there talking. And over in the corner, a little, a little child had come out and had gotten sick. Well, these guys were standing there and they were thinking, well, we got to get somebody to clean this up. we got to get somebody to do this. Who are we going to get to do this? Where's, our, where's the people that need to do this? And this little gentleman comes out. He found a mop and he had a bucket. And he comes out on the bucket. Never said a word. He stopped. He mopped everything up. He picked up the, he picked up the mop. He put it back in the bucket. And he walked right back where it went and he put it away. He didn't talk about it. He did it. 
he served. Jesus emptied himself. We have to be willing to empty ourselves for what God has for us. Let's go to the next verse, verse 8. It says, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself to become obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Wow. Guys, I am so, so thankful of what Jesus did. Look at that scripture. He humbled himself humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He humbled himself and he became, say the word, it's on the screen. He humbled himself and he became, come on, say it, obedient. Obedient. Obedient means when God asks you to do something, you say yes. Right? When God asks you to move, you say yes. And Jesus became obedient to the Father so much to the point that He was obedient that when His Father said, I need you to die on the cross, He did it. Now we know from his prayer when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was praying and he was praying and we can familiar with that scene or that, that narrative of the scripture and he's praying and he's praying and you know, what he, you know what he prayed? He said, God, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, let it be. But if not, okay. I'll go. I'll do it. Here I am. Use me. Guys, that's Christ's mindset. He knew who he was. He knew he was God. He poured out himself. He became humble in obedience to what the Father had for him to do. That's a servant's attitude. You see, all those things, you can, you can pour out yourself, you can humble yourself when you know who you are. When you understand who you are. Emptiness and humility. Don't you understand, guys? Humility is not thinking less of myself, it's thinking of myself less and others more. Jesus didn't think less of himself. He thought of you. And he thought of me and said, if I don't do this, they can't have a relationship with my father. And he humbled himself, obedient to the cross. When we understand these things, when we hang on these things, we know who Christ, when we know who we are in Christ, we can have the, the mindset that this verse in verse 5 says, have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. Then we serve. Then we can serve. I want to share with you this. As I, I'm going to read this to you. I want to share this with you. It says, Jesus calls us to be servants. 
And when we make this choice, we give up the right to be in charge. Do you get that? We give up the right to be in charge. Then, amazingly, we experience great freedom. We become available and vulnerable. We lose our fear of being stepped on, manipulated, and taken advantage. Aren't these our fears? We're worried about being taken advantage of, stepped on, walked on. What joy comes, what energizing of life, when we act out of the desire to be a servant rather than pride of choosing to serve now and then, when and where, and whom we wish. Are y'all familiar with baseball? Baseball season, we're familiar with baseball. When the runner is running from first, he rounds second. What's the first thing he's supposed to do as he heads to third? Catch the eyes of the third base coach, right? He's going to tell him either stop or he's going to wave him on. Whose responsibility is that decision? It's the third base coach. If he waves the runner, the runner's not fast enough, he gets thrown out at the plate. Whose job was it? It was the third base coach. What's the runner's job? To do what he says. He's not to make the choice. Guys, when God says do something, when God puts on our heart to serve others, it's not our choice to stop at third. It's not enough to get a triple. That doesn't count. The only thing that counts is when we cross home plate. And when we do that, that's the thing, when we follow God, when we do what God has called us to do, when God is saying go, Come on, come on, keep going, keep going. We go. And there's so much freedom. When we're doing what God wants us to do, there is so much freedom. You don't have to worry about what other people think. You don't have to worry about, am I going to get taken advantage of? Are they going, are they going to laugh at me? Are they going to do this? Or whatever might come through your mind that Satan puts in, you don't have to worry about it. All we got to do is keep our eyes focused on Jesus. And when he says do it, we do it. We serve. We have the attitude of Christ and we let the Christ-like attitude take over in our lives. Why? Okay? We've talked about all this. Why should I do it? Tell me why. One, because Jesus did Jesus did it. If you're a follower of his, Jesus did it. What are we to do? What he says do. What he did. But guys, you understand this. In verse, in verse 11, this passage ends with this statement. It says, and I'm going to read 9 through 11. It says, For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Listen to verse 11. And that every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Last part. To the glory of God the Father. Why do we serve? To give God glory. You know why God saved you? He loved you. But you know why God saved you? Above anything else. You know why He sent Jesus down on the cross for you and for me? 
for His glory. That's it. For His glory. So that we could give glory to Him. Guys, we serve. We have the mind of Christ. We have that new attitude. It's for His glory. It's not about me anymore. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about you. It's not about what you want. It's about what God wants. And I sure do love the freedom where I don't have to choose when to serve and when not to. Still have a tendency to do that. I'm messed up. I'm a goof. I'm a goof up. But just doing what God's called us to do. Having the mind of Christ. Guys, this, this chapter, this verse, these verses always challenge me. Because I'll be the first to tell you, I don't always have the mind of Christ. I don't always have the right attitude. I'll tell you this, you can, you can serve and you can still serve with the wrong attitude. That's what he was talking about, not out, of, not out of conceit, not begrudgingly. That's what he was talking about. But when we allow the mind of Christ to take over us and we're able to serve in that way, man, it's amazing what God will do. He will bless you beyond compare. I'm not talking about finances. I'm not talking about riches. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about peace. The scripture says that for this reason, because of what Jesus did on the cross, he lifted his name above every, every name, that every knee shall bow. When you serve and when you have the mind of Christ, God blesses. He opens up opportunity. Your relationship with him draws closer and closer together. And the desire to do it more and more and more. What about you today? What's your mindset? Where are you? Are you serving the way God would have you serve? Is your, is your mind like Christ? Guys, to have the mind of Christ, you've got to have Christ. You've got to have Him. You can serve all day. and you, know, you may say, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. I'm not feeling the joy. I'm not doing anything. Have you done it with Christ? Because everything we talked about this morning is preference predicated on the situation that you have given your life to Christ. There's a lot of people in this world that are serving. They're doing great things. They're doing a lot of stuff socially, but they're missing the blessing because they don't know Christ. Do you know him today? Do you have a relationship with him, the one that died on the cross with you, for you? I hope and I pray that today you make that decision to follow him because he loves you. Church, what about you?
What about you? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for who you are. Father, I thank you that you gave your son to die on the cross for me. God, I thank you that you didn't just leave us here alone. You gave us instruction. And Father, you desire to use us. God, I pray that as a church, as individuals, Father, we will, we will take home the mind of Christ. That, Father, we do what you've told us to do. That, God, we would empty ourselves and humble ourselves so that, God, you could use us to bless others. Father, we need you. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Move now in an amazing way. In Jesus' name.